Don't let a DUI charge ruin your life. Get a professional and confidential evaluation from our experienced team at True Heights Treatment. Our evaluations are accepted by the majority of courts in the state of Illinois and provide a comprehensive assessment of your substance use patterns and potential treatment needs. Get the help you need today and start your path to a brighter future. Contact us now to schedule your evaluation at 708-248-7039 or at thtdui.com. The George Brassy Podcast is made possible with funding provided from Brassy Global Strategies, LLC, a leading political consulting, public policy, government affairs, and research firm. Are you interested in running for elected office? Need advice? Call or email George, 708-769-5015. Brassy Global Strategies 1 at gmail.com. Uh, thanks for tuning in. I'm so glad to welcome to the George Brassy podcast uh, our our guest, Ron Patton. Ron, you probably know Ron as the former superintendent of Bloom Township High School, School District 206 in the state of Illinois. Ron, thank you for coming on. Thank you for inviting me, George. Ron, I uh, often like to have our guests tell their backstory a little bit before. Who were you before uh, becoming superintendent? Where did you grow up? Uh, what was your background like? Okay, I grew up in Gary, Indiana. I was born in East Chicago, Indiana, way back in 1946, a long time ago. I uh, lived in East Chicago until I was uh, in third grade. In third grade, my family moved from East Chicago to uh, Gary, Indiana, uh, to a very nice neighborhood. Uh, it was a step up, you know, as African-Americans did back in those days. You know, they moved from one area to another to uh, find better housing and better schools. And and I was uh, very fortunate to uh, move to a nice neighborhood in Gary, Indiana, and went, uh, went through the uh, Gary public school system from third grade till I graduated in 1964. And then um, <clears throat> where do you go to college, Ron? I went to uh, Indiana University. My first year was uh, spent at Indiana University Northwest, which is the regional campus in Gary, Indiana. I spent my freshman year there. And then after my freshman year, I transferred down to IU in Bloomington, the uh, main campus for Indiana University. What was your major in college? Uh, my major was education. And ironically, when I uh, matriculated to IU, my intention was to... Uh, go into pre-pharmacy and uh, eventually become a pharmacist. But uh, thank God my plans changed because I was very blessed to go into the field of education, which I think was the niche that the Lord had uh, designed for me. And ultimately, that's what led me to Bloom Township High School District 206 in Chicago Heights. What do you think changed within you that you wanted to go into education as opposed to pharmacy? Okay, it's very uh, interesting way, and again, I think uh, God had a, had His hand in this because I had taken uh, my freshman courses, uh, you know, the introductory courses, general studies. I took chemistry and 
and mathematics and uh, freshman English and all of the basic uh, freshman courses. But then uh, one day I was in, uh, uh, when I was in the dormitory, my first year at uh, IU Bloomington, I saw a note up on the bulletin board in the dorm that said that uh, uh, they were seeking volunteers to work in a program for uh, disadvantaged and troubled youth down in, in Bloomington, uh, freshmen, sophomores, uh, juniors, and so forth, to work with uh, individual students in the Bloomington school system to uh, mentor them. They, they felt that if uh, someone closer to the age of the youngsters would work with them in a mentoring capacity and develop one-on-one -on -one relationships, uh, the, the, uh, those people might be able to reach these uh, disadvantaged youth. And I don't know why, but that seemed very interesting to me. And I signed up for the program and ultimately was uh, picked to participate in the program. And after being uh, selected, I was uh, teamed up with a young man, a white student, uh, who had a very, very uh, disadvantaged background, a white student in uh, elementary school uh, in Bloomington. And, that, you know, that was kind of an inter interesting combination, a uh, uh, black teenager uh, at the university from Gary, Indiana, working with a disadvantaged uh, white student in Bloomington, Indiana. And when I was first introduced to him, I had met with his uh, teachers prior to my meeting him and the teachers had given me uh, uh, information about him, you know, the problems that they were having with him in the school. Uh, his attendance was irregular and he was uh, a discipline problem in the classroom as well. And they were just, he was a handful for the staff in the school. And, you know, when I found out what his background was like, I thought, well, maybe this might not be such a great fit, but I decided to go ahead and pursue it anyway. So, again, I was introduced to him. And initially, he was a little uh, standoffish, to say the least. But, you know, after talking, meeting with him a couple of times in, informally, he began to open up and, and warm up to me because I uh, was not a judgmental uh, person and I accepted him as he was and had had, you know, experience with students of that caliber when I was growing up in Gary. So I, you know, I thought I could eventually reach him. Well, again, the relationship was lukewarm initially, but, you know, after spending time with him, uh, he began to warm up, as I said. And one thing that I found out about being an educator is that every kid who comes to school has some talent. And it's the responsibility of an educator, be it a teacher or a principal or whatever, to find out what that kid's talent is and to tap into that talent and find things that are related to his talent that you might be able to used to motivate him in the classroom. Well, lo and behold, I found, found out that this young man loved basketball. And, you know, I, at that time, I thought I was a pretty good basketball player, even though I really I'd never made the high school team, but I thought I was a decent player. And I made an agreement with him one day. 
when I found out he, that he liked basketball, I told him that, you know what? You like basketball. If you start doing better in school, I'll take you into the gym after school a couple of times a week and we'll shoot around and play a little bit. His eyes got as big as half dollars when I offered that to him that maybe we could spend some gym time together if he started to do better in the classroom. Over time, this young man changed dramatically because I used basketball as an inducement, as the incentive, the carrot to get him to do better. His attendance improved. His attitude towards uh, his fellow classmates improved. Uh, his, his relationship with his teachers improved and he start, stopped being a pain in the behind. And at the conclusion of that school year, the uh, couple of the teachers that had given me information about him previously came to me and they said, you know, I don't know what you did with this kid, but whatever it was, you need to bottle that because he has made such a dramatic, you know, change in behavior, attitude and his academics that you, you, you found a way to reach him. And with that relationship that I developed with this kid and we became really close friends after that, that made me think, well, is pharmacy really something you want to do? Because, you know, as a pharmacist, you don't interact that much with people. And, you know, I, I realized that my strength was working with people, different kinds of people, and I took joy in that. And at that point in time, I decided that maybe education was what I should do, what I was called to do. And I went home and I told my parents, uh, uh, you know, I think I'm going to change my major from free pharmacy to education. My dad was very upset with me because he said, you know what, you're going to go to school and spend all that money and get a degree. And you know, you're not going to make that much money if you go into education. And he kind of discouraged me from doing it. My mom, on the other hand, said, and she, her, her attitude about life was a lot different from my dad's because my dad was extremely conservative and he worked 40 years in the mill and he and he wanted me to make more money. My mom counseled me privately and she said, you know what, Ronnie, because that's what my parents used to call me, Ronnie, if if that's what you want to do, you know, money isn't everything. And if you think that that's what you will find enjoyment in doing, you got to work the rest of your life and pick something that you feel that you have the talent to to do and something that you're going to enjoy. She said, pray on it, give it a lot of thoughts before you make your final decision. And after praying on it, you think that's what you ought to do, then go for it. So I'm very happy that I took my mom's advice instead of my dad's because I changed my major to secondary education and I feel so blessed to have been a teacher and assistant principal and principal and ultimately a superintendent because that gave me the opportunity to work with kids and I enjoyed it immensely. Was it uh, sugar and spice every day? No, but the vast majority of the days that I was involved in education, 
I enjoyed immensely. And when I look back on my 38 to 40 year career in education, I wouldn't do it any other way. I, I'm glad that God let me, uh, led me to that uh, decision. Ron, it's almost like, did, did your dad feel that becoming a pharmacist was an easier way for his son to kind of keep progressing on his trajectory? You talked about how your family had moved from East Chicago to Gary, Indiana. Do you feel like the pharmacist uh, role would have been a safer route in your dad's eyes? Yes, absolutely. You know, he was looking at it from a standpoint of uh, I could make a long career in it. And at that time, you know, pharmacists in comparison to teachers made quite quite a bit more money and, you know, the stability in the position and all. So I'm sure that factored into it. But uh, again, I'm glad I took mom's advice. And after I got into education, you know, uh, eventually my dad came around and he saw that I enjoyed it and I was fairly successful with it. So uh, before he passed away, he was he was on board with it. Ron, and then you, you, you finish your degree. What happens next? OK, I finished my degree and I actually returned to my alma mater, the school that I graduated from, Gary Tolliston High School. And it, that was a weird experience because now after being in college for four years, I returned to my my high school and I'm teaching alongside the people that taught me. And, you know, and there was generally a big age difference between my former teachers and me, but they embraced me and they were happy to see me come back. In fact, uh, two other classmates one who graduated from uh, Gary Tolliston the year before me and one who graduated in my class with me had returned to Tolliston too to teach. And, you know, uh, we embraced each other and, you know, uh, continued our friendship and uh, worked together. And we had a great staff at that school. We, we had very committed teachers who cared about kids and went the extra mile to deal with kids and accept students where they were and where they came from and try to make them better, try to make them responsible uh, students and ultimately responsible and uh, student uh, adults who love their country and, and were employed in different occupations and were just good citizens. How long do you stay at that school, and how do you end up at Bloom Township from there? Okay, I, I stayed at my alma mater for six years. Uh, I taught uh, government, history, and economics. Ooh, three of my favorites. And eventually I became the department chairman uh, my last two years I was there. And while, that, while at Tolleston, I participated in the mentoring program uh the school district had i had started a program uh where it identified potentially good leaders over the long haul and i participated in that program and actually completed the program and upon completion of the program and, and simultaneously i was taking uh, courses at uh, purdue University in Hammond, the Hammond campus, uh, towards a uh, certification to become an administrator. And 
one of the professors, ironically, and again, this is why I think God's hand was in the whole uh, situation. One of the professors that I had at Purdue and Hammond in the uh, certification program was a former counselor at Bloom High School. And uh, uh, when he was in secondary education, and then he eventually went to Purdue Hammond and became a full professor there. And when I was uh, completing my certificate, Purdue and Hammond, he called me into his office one day and he said, uh, Ron, you know, I had you in my class and I've been watching you as you've progressed through the certification program here. And he said, I've found out that there's an assistant principal's job that's opening up at Bloom High School in Chicago Heights. I had never heard of Bloom High School and had never been in Chicago Heights. And he said, you know what? I want you to apply for that position. Just just apply for it, even though you don't know anything about the school. And because he had approached me about this, I said, you know, that that's really nice of him. And I did a little research on Bloom High School in Chicago Heights and decided to, to apply for the program. I mean, to apply for the uh, position. I applied for the position, and God blessed me with being selected as one of the two assistant principals at Bloom High School in uh, 1974. And that's how I made the, made the trek from Indiana to Illinois and became a member of Bloom High School staff. And again, I had never heard of Bloom High School before then. And when I got there, I suddenly found out hey, this is a great place to be. You know, I heard about all of the success Bloom had experienced in academics, but not only was I immediately impressed by that, I was impressed by the curriculum there and, and, the, and what I really liked about Bloom was the multicultural, multi-ethnic, and uh, the diversity in the school. I, I really loved that. Black, white, Hispanic, Oriental, middle class, uh, lower socioeconomic class, and a few people that are, a uh, few students that came from families that were really of means and very wealthy. So there was a great mixture of uh, students there. And it would, to me, it was like a microcosm of the United States because we had all kinds of kids, all shapes, sizes, and colors at Bloom High School. And I, I embraced that. Ron, what's it like um, coming from <clears throat> as an African American male coming to Chicago Heights in like 1974? What do you what do you notice about it at that time? Again, the the diversity. Um, Chicago Heights was very similar to to Gary. Uh, one sense, uh, you know, had a lot of in industry here. You know, uh, the fabrication plants of steel, uh, small steel mills, and and, and the factories. So it was similar in nature to the city that I had grown up in, but uh, the multicultural aspect, uh, it was much more diverse. And, and I really liked that. How do you go from being the assistant principal to, I'm assuming principal and then superintendent? Yes. It, oh. uh, God's hand once again, uh, I, uh, I was an assistant principal at Bloom for for eight years. 
when um, in my at the end of my eighth year, the uh, principal with whom I had worked for eight years, uh, Dr. James Steckel, retired, and I applied for the position of of high school principal and was blessed to uh, be selected among a large field of candidates. Um, Wasn't initially selected for the position. In fact, in the interview process, I came in second place. And I was a bit disappointed and and, uh, disheartened that I wasn't selected initially. Uh, The gentleman who who, uh, was selected had a doctorate degree. I hadn't completed a doctorate. And he had high school experience already and came from the north northern suburbs and uh, was actually a Bloom graduate. He was an alum of Bloom. So he he was initially selected. And but when he for some reason, he decided to uh, rescind his application after he had been selected. And then I was uh, approached by the Board of Education and to see if I was still interested in the uh, the principal's job. And I was a little bit, uh, n- now I wouldn't say unhappy, but feeling a little down because I hadn't been selected initially. And I was actually going to go to another district because after I was not selected, a neighboring school district, which will remain nameless, uh, the superintendent, found out that I hadn't been selected as the principal. And he said, you know what? I have a junior high school principalship that's opening up this fall. He said, you don't even have to apply for it. If you want that job, he said, knowing your reputation and how much the community thinks of you and how much the kids liked you, said, I'm looking at the next principal of that junior high school if you want it. And then people on the staff, a lot of staff members knew that I was somewhat disappointed and ready to leave. And a couple of them came to me privately and said, Ron, I know you're a little disappointed because you weren't selected initially, said, but if you didn't want the job, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have applied for it, said pride goeth before fall. Bite your tongue, swallow heart. We want you. Go on and and accept the appointment now. We'll be behind you. And they convinced me. They said the staff, the vast majority of staff members here want you to be the principal of Bloom High School. And with that encouragement, again, I think that was God's involvement. I decided to cast away my pride and accept the uh, the appointment. And once again, I'm glad I did that because I remained in the district and ended up staying in the district for 30 years. And I feel like Bloom Township District is an integral part of my life. I have people that I consider to be family there. My students that I had when I was assistant principal and principal, they're still my kids. And I have very good relationships with so many of my uh, former students that graduated. And I tell you, I, I, I couldn't be happier that I 
made the decision to accept the job after not being selected initially and to remain in the district. In fact, I'll give you a perfect ex example of the kind of relationship that I have with my, uh, my students. Just a couple of examples. Jessica Cologne was one of my students. Uh, she's a young lady of Puerto Rican uh, descent. Her parents, I believe, were born, uh, came, uh, came to the U.S. Uh, Puerto Rico, of course, is a part of the United States, but not a state. But they migrated from the island of Puerto Rico to uh, Illinois. Jessica Cologne went through the uh, through Bloom High School, was an excellent student, cheerleader, academician, great grades, wonderful personality, good looking kid. She is now a judge in the uh, in, in, in the Joliet court system. She uh, were Facebook friends and when I found out that Jessica was had been appointed as a judge in Joliet, I said, Jessica, I want to come and see you when, while you're presiding in your court. She got very excited. She said, Mr. Patton, I would love for you to come and visit me in my court. Uh, about a month ago, Jessica, I went to Jessica's court in, Jul in Joliet, and I sat in on her presiding over uh, some cases after uh, she presided for the morning. She took me into her chamber and we sat and talked and joked and reminisced, reminisced about Bloom and actually uh, had lunch together and just had a great time. I took pictures of my time there, which I'm going to post on my Facebook account. But Jessica was a perfect example of a Bloom High School student a one who comes from a very strong, stable family, one who embraced the great education that Bloom High School provided her and she went on and educated herself. And now she's a court uh, in the court system and actually running for the circuit court uh, in Illinois now. She's just announced her candidacy for a circuit court position. That is a fantastic Bloom story. Another Bloom story, a young lady who calls me her, her dad, I won't call her name, but while she was at Bloom, she, her family uh, called me her play dad. She uh, grew up in Glenwood, Illinois, and I became very close with her because this is a, a funny story too. When um, she was graduating from eighth grade, her mother and grandmother were trying to decide whether she was gonna go to Marion Catholic or come to Bloom High School. They were making a, making a decision. And I'll remember this like it happened yesterday. My family uh, was eating at a McDonald's over in uh, River Oaks, in the River Oaks area. And I'm sitting there with my two kids, and they were young at the time, and my uh, 
now ex-wife, and the grandmother and mother came up to me while we were sitting at the table at McDonald's. We had gone Christmas shopping and said, aren't you Ron Patton from Bloom? And I said, yeah. And I'm sitting there thinking, okay, is this someone that's coming to register a complaint now? <laughs> Luckily, it wasn't. I said, well, my daughter and granddaughter, it was mother and grandmother, she's going to be graduating from uh, Brookwood Junior High School this spring. And we're debating whether to send her to Bloom or to send her to Marion Catholic because they had heard all these horror stories about Bloom is this and Bloom is that and no discipline there and, you know, and the academic standards aren't good. And I said, well, you know, a lot of rumors are always flying about Bloom. Don't believe everything that you hear. And I invited them to come to Bloom during the school day I said, if you have apprehension about Bloom, come over and visit and see what Bloom is like. Said, you can come and walk the halls during the passing periods. If you want to sit in on a couple of classrooms, I'll make that opportunity available to you. If you want to go and sit in the cafeteria during the lunch periods and see how the kids are acting in the lunchroom, you can do that too. Lo and behold, they took me up on my offer. After Christmas break, they actually made an appointment to come in and see me. And I did all those things I had promised them. I allowed them to walk through the school. And during the passing periods, sit in some classrooms, to sit in the student cafeteria and see how the kids were behaving and interacting with each other, all of these black kids and white kids and Hispanic kids and Oriental kids. And you know what? At the end of the day, they came back to my office and they said, man, this isn't anything like I, all those horror stories I heard. And you know what? They actually enrolled her in the Bloom High School that following uh, fall. To say that she was a successful student would be an understatement. She ended up being the mayor of Bloom for two years got elected as mayor of Bloom her junior year and was reelected as her in, in, during her senior year. She had good grades. She went to, to college, had a good record in college. After she uh, finished college, I get a phone call from the Federal Bureau of Investigation about this young lady. They called me, an agent came to my office inquiring about this young lady because she had applied for entry into the FBI and they did an extensive background check and one of the part of their back background checks was to come to the school, talk to teachers, talk to the principal, look at her academic record, ask me questions about her, what kind of kid was she? And of course I had nothing but glowing remarks to say because they were all true. 
She was admitted into the FBI. She's now an agent in the FBI. Uh, had on her record an outstanding arrest for uh catching a pedophile in the in the FBI office that she worked in and has received a number of awards and accolades about her performance in the FBI. This was a young lady from Glenwood who came to Bloom, excelled at Bloom, and is excelling in her career as an FBI agent. And I was actually invited to her wedding. She got married out in Las Vegas, Nevada. And I was invited to her wedding and went to her wedding in Vegas. And she married an FBI agent. And there I was speaking at her um, dinner later on after the wedding to all of these FBI agents and telling them, telling her husband, you better take good care of that young lady or you're going to have to answer to me. And all of the FBI agents chuckle saying, you know, who is this guy telling an FBI agent he better take care? Well, that's just another story about Bloom High School. I got to give you one more. Sure. And, I, and I'll share the name of this person because you probably know this name already. But I want to tell you about a young, wonderful young man named Bryant Young, who has just been selected into the National Football League Hall of Fame, and he's going to be inducted this summer. Well, let me tell you a little bit about Bryant. Bryant came to Bloom, and he blossomed as an athlete. But in addition to being a great athlete, Bryant was a great student and a great human being because he had been raised properly by his two parents. Grew up on the west side of Chicago Heights. And one of the most touching moments that I experienced as principal of Bloom happened when all-state football player Brian Young was getting ready to sign his national letter of intent to attend the University of Notre Dame on a football scholarship. University of Notre Dame, one of the prestigious private schools, one of the prestigious football schools in America. And he signed his letter of intent in my office. Before the signing, in my office were Bryant and his dad, the assistant coach of Notre Dame, Bryant's football coach, P Mr. P coach Piazza, and the Bloom Athletic Director, Frank Nardi. We're seated around the table in my office and before Brian signed his national letter, Brian's dad got up and he said, wait a minute. Before Brian signs his national letter of intent, I want everybody to stand up and hold hands. 
Mr. Young. Prayed. And thank God for Brian's scholarship to Notre Dame. When he finished, there was not a dry eye in that office. Every man standing around the table, holding hands, including me, had tears rolling down his cheeks. That's what Bloom High School is all about. And that's why I'm glad God blessed me with being a part of the Bloom family. I look back on my 30 years in the district and I thank God and I thank all of my parents and all of my students, all of the business leaders and all of the community leaders that supported me in my career. And we have a saying at Bloom, I'm from Bloom and couldn't be prouder. That's what I think of Bloom High School and District 206. Sorry for losing it. No, Ron, this was this was very powerful. I'm glad I'm glad you were able to share it. I knew you'd be a great guest on this podcast. Um, Ron, you were there for three decades. What? Uh, when does it end for you, and what happens? It doesn't end. I I still go to Bloom reunions, see my kids who are now in their forties, and uh, some of them in their fifties, but they're still my kids. Mm-hmm. And still communicate with them on Facebook and with many of them in person, going to lunch, having lunch with them. Bloom will never end. You know, I'll carry Bloom with me and District 206 with me to uh, my grave. When they bury me, I'll still feel I'm from Bloom. Couldn't be prouder. It doesn't end. Ron, what are you doing these days now that you're retired? Unfortunately, I'm running to the refrigerator too much, especially with COVID, you know, and having to stay in a lot, although it looks like we might be getting COVID under control. So I'm going to start doing some traveling, which I enjoy immensely. In fact, uh, my daughter now lives in uh, New York City, and I go out to visit her periodically. And my son has recently moved from uh in Indianapolis to Phoenix, and I'm actually going to take a road trip out to see him uh, at the end of uh, this month. Uh, going to spend some time with him out in uh, Phoenix. So traveling is on the agenda. I've, I've seen all of the 50 states except uh, Washington, state of Washington, and and uh, Oregon in the Northwest, and Alaska in Hawaii. I, I've seen, seen all but those four, and hopefully I can uh, erate, take those off the bucket list before I make my transition and 
uh, I, I hope to get to the motherland and go over to see Africa. There are a couple of uh, places in Africa I want to visit and also uh, get back to Europe. So that's, that's on the agenda and also maintaining my health. I've started uh, trying to trim some of this fat that I put on during the uh, COVID crisis. And I've started uh, doing some light weight lifting. And when the weather gets better, I'm going to start uh, walking every day to take off. I've taken off 10 pounds and I got about 20 to go. So that's, that's on the agenda as well. So uh, getting healthy and traveling are on the agenda now. Ron, our last question is always, what are two books that have been important to you as a person and why? Okay, can I give you three? Go for it. Okay, the most important book is, is the Bible uh, because that's my GPS. That's my GPS in life. You know, when, when you have uh, moments of joy, I look to the Bible and thank God for the moments of joy, and when you have moments of tribulation, you look to the Bible as well for guidance. So uh, the Bible is number one. Uh, my, that's my GPS. I'm, I'm reading Proverbs now. I like Proverbs and Psalms, and then I look at, uh, you know, I review Luke and, and John. And, of course, during this, this time, uh, in the world and in our country, you know, you look at revelations and try to make some sense of all of the craziness that's going on in the world. So Bible is number one. And be, uh, in terms of uh, other books, I, I love the book uh, Warmth of Other Sons by Isabel Wilkerson. It talks about the great migration of uh, African-Americans from the uh, agrarian South to the industrialized North uh, between 1915 and 1970, where vast, vast numbers of African-Americans moved from the South seeking a better life. In fact, that's what my parents, both my parents' families uh, did. My mother's family was from from Alabama, Hertzboro, Alabama, and my dad's family was not from the South per se, but when you look at it, it was the South. Uh, my dad's family was from Cairo, Illinois, which is at the southern tip of Illinois, almost in Kentucky, and uh, the ways down there uh, are of the South. Uh, it, and both my parents' families moved to East Chicago, Indiana, and that's where my parents met each other. So that book is very interesting, and I would recommend it to anybody if you want to understand uh, the history of African Americans during that time period. And it tells a, a lot about uh, people striving for a better life, for upward mobility, which is what the United States of America is supposed to be about, the land of opportunity and opportunity for all. So again, The Warmth of Other Sons by Isabel Wilkerson. Uh, she won a Pulitzer Prize for that uh, particular book and I recommend it highly to uh, everybody. My other book that I love is called The Underground Railroad and that's written by Colson Whitehead. He also won a Pulitzer Prize for this book, and I would highly recommend this one. This tells about the 
antebellum South and the attempt of people who were slaves to uh, participate in the Underground Railroad to again migrate north to the land of freedom and opportunity. And it talks about the trials and tribulations that these people who uh, participated in the Underground Railroad uh, experienced in their quest for freedom. And it sheds a lot of light on many of the issues that uh, still exist in our country today. And I am a patriot. I'm an African-American patriot. I love my country. I love the United States. I love the diversity. And I, again, being a part of Bloom High School, let me know that this experiment in the United States is an experiment in the ability of people from different cultures, countries, different backgrounds, different religions to get along, to embrace each other. And if we do that as a country, uh, you know, it, it's the greatest country in the world. It's not without faults, not without things that need to be addressed, but it is the greatest country in the world. And we need to stop the division that exists in this country and unite. And we better do it because you got some dictators over in Russia and China and North Korea that would love to see our system fail would love to see our country fail. So we better wake up Americans of all ethnicities, of all colors, and learn to love each other and to treat each other with fairness, kindness, and understanding because the Bible says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And if you do that, if you live your life that way, you'll find that people are people. And my Bloom kids, I know, will attest to the fact that I love them all, and hopefully they love me. Again, I thank God for his hand in my career and in my life. Ron, as a as an alumni of class of 2005, I just want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast and, and sharing your story. Uh, well, thank you, for George, George, for inviting me, and uh, I'm not saying this because you invited me, but you probably know that I'm very close to uh, your aunt and your uncles and, and the Brassy family, great family, love your grandparents. They, they are just a model of what a marriage should be about and they are useful. And when I uh, would see them at basketball games, they love each other, and it's very obvious that they do. And as a result, they've raised some great kids, and in turn, their kids have raised some great kids as well. So thank you for inviting me, and congratulations to you for coming. You come from good stock, young man. Thank you very much, Ron. If somebody wanted to, to reconnect with you or find you on the Internet, how could they connect with you? Actually, the best way is... Uh, on Facebook because I'm very active on Facebook and also um, I'll share my my uh, pat my internet with you. I'm Pat Naron, P-A-T-T-O-N-R-O-N, 
at Comcast.net. Rod Patton, former school district 206 superintendent and great uh, Bloom Township legend. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, George. Take care. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Help George stay on the Chicago Heights City Council. Go and donate today at tinyurl.com slash aldermangeorge2023. Begin to transform your life and work towards inner peace with expert psychotherapy. At True Heights Treatment, our experienced therapists provide personalized, compassionate care to help you overcome life's challenges and reach your goals. Whether you're struggling with depression, anxiety, relationship issues, or other mental health concerns, our team is here to support you. With a warm and welcoming in-person and virtual office atmosphere and a commitment to person-centered and evidence-based treatments, we are dedicated to helping you address your life's challenges. Contact us now to schedule your first session at 708-248-7039 or online at trueheightstx.com. Book your appointment today and start your journey towards a happier, healthier life. Need more George? Like his pages on Facebook. Friends of George Brassy PAC, Fifth Ward Business Alliance, Chicago Heights Bicycle and Pedestrian Resource Center, and the George Brassy Podcast. Thank you.